Listen to this. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. He lets me rest in green meadows and he leads me beside some peaceful streams. He renews my strength and guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Doesn't that sound awesome? Doesn't it sound wonderful? Like, right? If you could just be transported to that kind of place, just what that would be, you know what that would be? That would be an all-inclusive resort. Right? Where you have taken care, somebody is taken care of, maybe, that would be even better. Somebody else has taken care of paying for you to stay there. And all you've got to do is show up. And there's palm trees and cabana boys. And it is nice, right? The food is great. The, the view is incredible. The pool is clean. It's so unlike typical vacations you have. The kids aren't there. Every, it's like you can get up when you want. You can just like, nobody's bothering you. Yes, bring more of that shrimp stuff, whatever that is. Bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. Load me up. Oh, and I, right? And oh, and I need, and oh, and I need, oh, and I need. And that sounds wonderful, right? We typically think that's what he's talking about when he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. If only my life was like that. Now that'd be great, right? Here's the problem, right? This is where we struggle with this, is that in order to get to that place, you are going to have to, I'm going to have to let the Lord lead me there, right? Because I can't get there on my own. And the reason why is because I'm a dumb sheep, right? Sheep aren't smart enough to go, hey, I'm going to go find the, the really good pasture and the water and uh, the safety. I, what, in order for me to get to that resting place, I have to have a shepherd telling me what to do and there is the problem right because the shepherd might say hey let's go here let's go let's go we're like eh, that's a bad 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 idea i'm not going there right i want to go my own way do my own thing uh live my own life and i'm kind of tired of you telling me what to do right and that's why we end up in places where it is not, it's, it doesn't even look close to contentment. We're in a message series. This is our third weekend on taking a look at how money works in our life. And for the first two weekends, we took a look at top five verses, week one, top second five, week two. And then today, we're going to take a look at the topic of a contentment. And I think this is where we struggle mostly in America, uh, for sure, on this whole idea of con- being content. This is going to require some digging down into, this, uh, into our lives today. Philippians 4, verse 11. Not that, I have, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content. So here we go. I have learned, right? So this is something I can learn to do, right? I can learn to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty or plenty or little. So what is that secret, right? I've learned the secret. 
What's the secret sauce to contentment with a lot or with a little? Because I think it's super tough to be content with a little, and I think it's super tough to be content with a lot. Both. Now, if we have to choose, we're going to choose a lot, right? <laughs> like, uh, I'd rather be, uh, I'd rather struggle with a lot, I guess. Um, but he is saying here that there is there is a struggle whether we have a lot or a little with contentment. And he says, "I have learned the secret." So, what's the secret? Here we go. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength. We typically think that verse is a standalone verse. Like we hear guys and, you know, athletes quote it all the time. Like uh, they put it on their shoes or maybe on their you know, face. I can, you know, Philippians 4.13, I think that's cool. I don't have a real problem with that. It just has nothing to do with shooting a basketball. It has nothing to do with getting a good grade on a test, especially if you didn't study. Like, if you walk into the English class tomorrow and teach us, okay, we got a test, and you're like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Jesus is like, you didn't study, dude. You're on your own. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> all the way home, you're going, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm going to have to tell my mom, right? And he's like, I, that, this verse has zero to do with any of that. I think it's okay. It's, it, what we have done with this verse is turned it into a self-help verse, right? I can do. I pump myself up. I can do. And, and by the way, what if, two, like, what if two teams have that on there, right? You know, you know, what is God supposed to do at that moment? I can do, th- I can do all things. I can do all things. I can do all things. Uh, somebody's going to lose here, right? Okay, let's pray. They're praying for victory. They're praying for victory. What's God supposed to do? I don't know. They're both praying. I guess they're going to (laughs) tie. So this verse has everything, though, to do with being content because it's super difficult to... Learn to be content whether I have a lot or a little. And the only way I can do that, the only way I can be content with a lot or a little, is the strength of Jesus in my life. That's the only way that can happen. Now, it can be learned, but for some time the devil has tried to learn us, uh, unlearn the, the thought is that, that we think, uh, and he's trying to convince us, is that stuff can satisfy. More stuff can satisfy and that's just a lie. It, it works for a little while, but for not very long. In fact, some of you right now are, are looking at your phone going, mm, I need a new one. And no, you just got it. I just got it. This is an iPhone 8. So I'm like, whatever. <laughs> you know, that's been upgraded several times since then. Like, yeah, I just traded in the five. You know, uh, <laughs> my wife had a flip phone before we did this. So, um, we tend to think, like, why aren't you, you know, like, and that, by the way, that really bothered me. I got this, and I'm spending a lot of, like, I spent a lot of money for the eight. And they're like, oh, and by the way, we got a payment plan for the next two years of your life. You know what happens within two years of doing this? iPhone X, iPhone X element of P, whatever it is, you know. <laughs> Like, they're gonna they're gonna upgrade we're gonna like oh but this is so much better right oh yeah <laughs> and uh, like you know what i did on this this is super weird i got to, uh, i love this i called my mom on my phone 
boom. That's what a phone is for to me. I thought about this too. It's like, I don't have to memorize people's phone numbers anymore. Because I just like, call Linda. Boom, does it, right? Does it. And I have, I have no idea what Linda's phone number is. I have no idea. I don't even know what my phone number is. Like, how do I figure that out? But you know what I can remember? 489-7763. That was my home phone number way too long ago. 489-8500, my best friend's number. 4674458. That was my dad's office number. Amazing, right? Like, where did that come? I couldn't even tell you my son's number, my anybody. Four, eight. <laughs> Why you had to learn? <laughs> Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, I saw that in an antique shop. Shut up, right? Every day we are bombarded with this. Get this, have this, uh, and you will be satisfied. And we truly believe that we can do that, and we're trying to figure that out. Um, but let me tell you the truth right now. Let me tell you the truth. Getting is not the secret to contentment. Getting is not the secret to contentment. I'm telling you the truth. You want to know what the secret to contentment is? Giving. It's not having a lot of money. It's not being blessed. It's, it's the secret to content. Now, you're gonna, I know some of you are like, mm -mm, um, just hang with me here. I truly believe, again, uh, you can argue with me, but, but getting is not the secret. Giving is the secret. I've watched people over the years who face financial troubles. And again, I've been in the business for a long time now. And I've watched people over the years who get into financial problems and struggles. And the first thing they do, the very first thing they do, is they stop giving to the church. The very first thing. Why? Because it's usually discretionary money. It's like, oh, we're having a tough time and we're cutting this down, right? It's like, we're not going to give to the church anymore. And, uh, or I've also watched this. is like you get, you get mad at the preacher, right? You get mad at me. I know, like, who would get mad at you? Like, <laughs> we make decisions all the time here that mess people's lives up. Like, oh, right? So they get mad, and, and then they decide, well, I'm not going to give anymore. And as if the, I get, they're going to punish me, right? So I, they're going to punish Mark by not giving to God. And I would just caution you on that, because, again, um, it really doesn't affect me in any way. Uh, that you do that, I, I think who it hurts is you. Uh, you're gonna you're you're gonna disobey God because you're mad at me. Hmm. Think that through. Just think that through. Well, how else how else am I supposed to get my way around? Oh yeah, see, that's what it's called being political, right? We give money so I can get my way around here. I want to get my way around here. I'm gonna give money to this group or this person or this thing, and I'm gonna get my way. By the way, God, I'm going to give you some money so I can get my way around here. One of the reasons we get into financial problems is because we believe that the lie that says the more stuff I have, the more content I'll be. 
in order to do that lifestyle is that we typically have to borrow money to be able to pull that off. And it usually just comes in the form of a little credit card, right? It's no big deal, it's a little credit card. And by the way, man, I, I don't know if you get clobbered with these things. Ever so often, don't we, get, we must get in, into this thing, you know, like, hey, send Mark a credit card. I literally, I'm pretty sure I could buy a house with the credit limit I have now. It's crazy, especially if I combine them all. Like, what? Oh, I can't go. Just go, right? Amazing. What they don't tell you, if you try to pull that off, is, is that, and again, we, we go, oh, it's just that little minimum payment, that little minimum payment, right? Which means it's going to take me three or four or eight or 10, 12 years to pull that off. And the, the little gidget that I bought with my credit card, I have thrown away and still paying for it. And if I miss a payment, they hike my little, uh, you know, uh, payment to an astronomical 20 to 25% kind of deal, and there's no way I can get out of debt. Unless I consolidate it all in some other form of something, right? Just like the secret of contentment is that giving is the secret of getting out of debt, right? And you think that, I, again, I think that, I think giving is the secret to getting out of debt. If you're like, oh, I'm so far into debt, Right. What do I mark? What should I do? I would say the first thing you need to do is start giving to God. Well, how am I supposed to do that? (sighs) Well, first things first, let's start with that. Right. We're going to get the first thing right. And I'm going to ask you to start living on 90 percent rather than on 110 percent. So let's try to figure that out. If you are ignoring God's principles, Again, you are, if you are ignoring the shepherd leading you, there's no way you're going to get to those quiet waters places on your own. Tithing, or giving 10%, is a principle found out throughout the Bible. It seems a bit high, you know, but it is what he asks us, and he is what he demands. Is tithing a New Testament thing? Sometimes people ask me about that, and I say, well, Jesus talks about it in Matthew 23, 23. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites. So he's, he's really nailing the, 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 the godly folks here, right? And the leaders. For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb garden, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law. So he's like, you're really good at tithing. You totally get it. You, in fact, you will, you will calculate every single little, you know, like, little seed you get off a plant. So if you get 10 seeds off a plant, you're going to give God one. That's awesome, right? You nailed it, right? And, And nobody can say you didn't tithe, right? But you ignore. You don't even pay attention. You think, I got tithing, right? I don't have to care about justice or mercy or faith. He says, you should totally care about these things. It's not a one or the other, Hey, I don't have to care about justice or mercy or faith because I'm a tither. No. What does Jesus say? You should tithe. Ugh. Why can't I just care about justice, mercy, and faith? Well, you should tithe. But do not neglect the more important. They're more important. Don't, ne- don't neglect these things. Don't push this off. Absolutely, they're more justice and mercy and faith. They're more important than tithing. But he says you don't get a pass on this. He didn't say, "Hey, by the way, I'm I'm establishing a new religion, and uh, you don't have to tithe." Cool. As soon as I die, you don't have to give anymore. Just love, mercy, and justice and faith. 
He didn't say that. That, that would have been great, but he didn't say that. Paul says he's learned to be content if he has a little or a lot. I do think that prosperity has done more damage to a person's soul than just about anything else. Prosperity has caused us to trust in money, and our ability to make money has become so great that we don't want for anything, and therefore I really don't have to trust God for much. Paul says here, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Even tithing. Even setting down and coming up with a strategy to do that. One of the most difficult things we can do, and maybe most spiritual things we can do, is sitting down and saying, well, how in the world, how can I do this? How can I tithe? I want to obey God. I want to be right, clicking here. And I want his blessing on my life, so what do I do? Well, again, if, if you were to say to like your husband or your wife, hey, I think we should, you know, I heard what Mark said, I think, we should, I think we should do this. I think we should try to figure it out. Um, that person might just say, well, let's go out to eat. Because <laughs> we want to distract that moment. Like, oh, hey, you want to go buy something? Yeah, okay. Um, because the hard work is sitting down and going, oh, how are we going to live on 90% rather than what we are doing and figuring that out? That's hard, hard work, and that is possible, but uh, it really is difficult. If you rely on Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength, you will find the way to do that. Check this out. Five verses later after 4.13, 4.18, at the moment I have all I need and more. So here's Paul saying, I'm good. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent with Ephroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. At the moment, he says, I have all I need and more. And I love that image. And he says, the gifts that you gave smell good to God. The sacrifice that's offered is really, really good. Most of the stuff in my walk with Jesus can't be programmed very well. You know, I have to make decisions constantly on the thing, but... You know, it's like help this person to talk to this person, or call this person, or or you know, right or help. But generosity issues can be all programmed out, and I can pull out my phone and I can punch in numbers and I can give to my church, and it and then it takes all the pressure off whether or not because I don't want to get like I get paid. When I get paid, it's like what do I do with this money? Right? And that should be the that should be what we think. I got paid. What should I do with this money? I have to think that through. If I don't, here's what we'll say. I don't know where all my money went. I don't know where my money went. I'm not going to ask you to raise hands if that's ever been said in your home. But if you're asking that question, it's because you don't know where your money went. Some of you struggle with contentment. You've been conditioned to think that the more stuff you have, the more content you'll be. Proverbs 10, 20 says, the blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and he has no sorrow with it. Sometimes we think, like, oh, hey, things are great, but any moment now, all right, uh, it's going to mess, it's going to get messy. He doesn't even add bad stuff to it. Second Chronicles 26, verse 5, Uzziah sought God during the days of Zechariah, who taught him to fear God. And as long as the king sought guidance from the Lord, God gave him success. 
As long as, he's, as long as he let the shepherd lead, right? As long as I let the shepherd lead and guide my actions and my thoughts and my, my, right, my motives even, I will have success if I follow his principles for, let's just say dating. If, if I follow his principles for relationships or finances or I will be successful. Those are as long those are true as long as I put God first and the choice is ours. Maybe you're serious about this or not, I don't know. If you make giving to God the financial uh, the maybe that I would say the if you give if you make giving to God the the centerpiece of your financial plan. If you will do that, I think you will see amazing contentment usher in malachi 3 verse 8 says should people cheat god and of course what is the answer to that no right we would all say that should people cheat god no because that would be bad right that would be bad yet you have cheated me what do you mean when did we ever cheat you I don't remember doing that. God, I really, tr- I don't, I, I don't recall that. I don't, what are you talking about? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under curse for the whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, and circle the word if, because you don't have to do this. Nobody's going to make you do this. You don't have to do this, right? But if you do, says the Lord. Doesn't even say, if you do, says Mark. Says the Lord of heaven's armies. Oh, he is invoking it big time, right? He's like, it's not, it's, just, it's not just the Lord. It's the Lord of heaven's armies. What does the Lord of heaven's armies say? I will open the windows of heaven for you. And I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Then you're like, ah, yeah, sure. This seems like uh, maybe some manipulation to get me to give. Hmm. I don't think it'll work. Okay, so let me just finish it out here. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me, who's that me? That's God. Put God to the test. So if God's lying, right, we'll find out. The only way we find out if God is lying is if we tithe. Oh, lemurs. Okay, so this is a test. It's on the test. If you do this, this is what's going to happen. And, I, I, and, and again, I, I used to, when I was like, read that, I would think, oh, if, if every Christ follower would tithe, then the church would have more than enough money, right, to do whatever they want to do. And that's true i guess uh i would think that would be true because most of us give at about a three percent clip national average right and so if we just went from three to ten bro what right it would be huge by the way if that was to happen we would never have to say hey we're going to have a fundraising campaign we wouldn't have to say that right we wouldn't we would not have to say that oh by the way we're going to need to raise the money nope we would not have to say that Uh, because all of a sudden, our income went right here, right? 
And uh, we would be able to resource the poor in our community. We would be able to resource people all over the world, mission agencies, all that stuff. If the Christ followers would just do that, right? There would be more than enough. I tend to think, though, that what he's talking about also includes my own life. That if I would test him on this, that what I would find is that there would be a blessing on my life that would be so enormous, I would, I would, I would have more than enough. It's exactly what I would want for my life, that I would have more than enough, right? So we would say, hey, what do you want for your life? I would like to have enough, right, and a little bit more. All right. And so God says, well, here, do this, and this is what's going to happen. Now, hear me on this, too. It's like, if you just kick, if you kick $20 in today, that uh, that doesn't mean that tomorrow you're going to get a raise, Hey, cool. Can't wait for tomorrow. I put a 50. <laughs> Bless me, Lord. That might happen. I don't know. It also might be like uh, you get a call in the, into, the, into your boss's office tomorrow. And like, hey, I need you to talk. He's like, sweet, it's happening. <laughs> and he might let you go, too, right? I don't know. I have learned to be content. In a lot or little? Don't know, right? It might be one or the other. Over time, at least for the Chitwood household, this has been true, that we have seen that we've always had more than we thought we would ever have. May He lead you today beside some quiet so today, God, some of us in this room are a little uncomfortable. We do not want to cheat you out of anything. Not my time or my talent or my money. And if we've been guilty of that, we need to repent and turn it around. Perhaps we need to do that even now. Lord, we do ask that you would help us to learn to be content and certainly we do think that that has hurt our home and our relationships. We've spent way too much more money than we should have, and we've got ourselves in some messes that we can't get out of, and we don't know what to do, and we're over in overhead. Maybe right now, as we push the pause button in our life, that we'd be honest with you and with ourselves. We would truly want to say, it is well with my soul.